Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Good day or good evening, everyone. We are talking about something a little different today, something that I've come to call internal communication. I'm joined by Brittany Bird. She is an osteopath, body talk practitioner, and holistic lifestyle coach. Through personal and professional experiences, Brittany brings a different approach to health by connecting all aspects from mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. With a diploma of manual osteopathy from the National Academy of Osteopathy and having traveled around the world to learn and train with doctors in Europe and experts in Australia, Brittany brings knowledge, energy, passion, and empathy wherever she goes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me, Jonah. Just to get things started, how would you define osteopathy? Yeah, so in Canada, we usually refer to it as manual osteopathy just to kind of clarify for some listeners and whatnot, um, because manual osteopathy and osteopathy is a little different. Osteopathy is mostly practiced in the States where you actually have a license to do surgery, things like that as well. Manual osteopathy stems from a European background. And what it is, is it's a hands-on holistic practice where we can focus on examining things such as soft tissues. So this includes muscle, ligaments, tendons, as well as bones and organs, which is geared toward enabling the body to heal itself. So it's relatable really to like a massage, chiropractic, or physio, however, it holds some differences. And the big thing with osteopathy is we don't just focus on the one area. So for example, when you have a shoulder issue, we don't just focus on the shoulder. We'll be looking at the whole body to see where the actual issue will stem from. Thank you for clearing that up because I realized I've been saying it wrong. So. Oh, that's okay. I just, it's one of the. Osteopathy? Yeah, osteopathy. Perfect. And how does this sort of holistic kind of approach differ from any other form? I know you kind of touched on it, but any any more further details? Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned, right? Like we don't just look at one problem area as we'll look at the body as a whole. So what we're taught, especially from school is someone's presenting with say a low back problem, right? I don't just assess and work on the low back. I'll look at the hips. I'll look at the mid back. I'll look at the neck and the knees as they are an essential part of the body. And if one thing is affected, that means usually something else will be affected, whether it be from a compensation or things like that. And the reason I love this and why I really love a holistic approach in all medicine or any sort of aspect that we take in life is because I can look at the same issue for a person. Both people come in with the same low back pain, but what happens is because those people live such different lives, the issue actually isn't the same or it's stemming from a completely different area, right? So it really looks at, it's a person or patient-based medicine I kind of look at it as, right? Because we're looking at, okay, what, what, for example, is Jonah going through, right? You have this low back thing, but we need to look at, okay, what's his everyday life look like? What does he do for hobbies? What's he do? What's his mental state? What's his emotional state? And that's where the holistic approach comes to. Another way to kind of look at this is, you know, you go to a doctor and they might send you to a specialist for your liver, right? And then you go see an endocrinologist, but no one actually ever talks together, right? So in a holistic approach, we're actually bridging all those pieces together. So they work as a unit instead of kind of breaking people separately apart. (laughs) And that makes complete sense. I mean, when I think about it, it's the same as when you're running a company. If you don't have communication, then nothing gets done properly. It's just a matter of, well, somebody's doing this task and somebody's doing a different task, but are they actually doing the same thing or 
are they just working on something different? Exactly, right? And that's that's pretty much kind of where we'll get into a little later, I'm sure, is communication because, I mean, there's so much... I mean, you probably had communication that wasn't great communication, right? And it, it breaks apart things. And that's the same thing with our health and, and things like that. Every piece is a vital component and nothing should go under the radar, so to speak. And what would you say are the most common or the biggest challenges that you find individuals are facing when trying to assess and sort of work towards a better total health? Yeah, I would say most people only know how to do health in, in one aspect. So what I mean by that is someone will exercise lots, right? And then maybe they'll also eat fairly well. However, they come to me with an issue and could not tell me how it happened. And they're missing a, the multiple component aspect of their well-being, right? So it's kind of like when someone goes all in on training for a triathlon, you know, their work kind of goes downhill, everything kind of goes downhill, because that's their main focus. I find that's what people do with their health. They're like, Oh, I just need to exercise more. And then they'll just focus on exercise, but they forget the mental and emotional component in that sense, right? Mentally, they're exhausted, emotionally, they're exhausted, and they don't know why, right? Or they're just on autopilot, and they seek help when they realize they're when it's gone too far, you know, it's almost like they should have been looking at at side effects. So I'd say the number one thing or the most thing I see people facing is not actually being able to know what their problem is, um, or just focusing too much on one thing instead of the body as a whole, right? Or the the person as a whole. It's almost like a, an everything in moderation sort of concept. Totally, right? I mean, if we kind of looked at our whole life as a wheel, right? And in each segment of the wheel, we have mental health, emotional health, physical health, diet, all these things. If you're only working well on that one wheel, the whole wheel well is kind of broken, right? So the wheel's not going to function very well. And I think that's kind of where I see most of my patients and a lot of like clients talking with other practitioners kind of happens because they're so narrow focused on one aspect of that wheel when really we need the wheel to work as a whole in order to be most effective and efficient. And why would you think that is? I think it's, to be honest, we're, we're taught to be go, 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 right? Like in today's society, we're just like, okay, you want to do this, then you hop two and nothing else matters, right? We haven't been taught or people have kind of forgot balance in a certain aspect, I would say. And so, I mean, if you really think about it, even look at how they teach health in, in schools when we grew up, it was more so here's gym class. And during gym class, you might talk about nutrition. That's it. We don't talk about anything else. We just, you, you work hard, you do this, you do that, and it's done. And so I find that when you look at things from a holistic approach, Dr. Paul does this, or Paul Check does this very well. He breaks it down into four doctors. So you have Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Happy. And so it's pretty much, if you just look at those four doctors, and if I was to ask you, Jonah, like, would you say you're Dr. Diet, Movement, Quiet, and Happy are all in alignment right now? Probably not. Probably not, right? And it's just because, again, most people don't even think about Dr. Quiet and Dr. Happy. They know about diet, they know about movement. And Dr. Quiet really relates to the ener energy management and recovery, right? And that's kind of in North America, we're very good at overstressing ourselves or working to the bone and not recharging or taking that time to balance. And Dr. Happy is kind of there to always guide us to something that fulfills our needs and live a life within our core values. And I think the main issue there is people don't even know their core values. And without knowing that, they can't work towards something that makes them happy, right? And so again, when we don't even have the time to even sit with ourselves to reflect and look at things, we can't know those, those aspects that make us happy or we don't value that quiet time in order to recharge us. And I think that's where we kind of go really down, down a slippery slope in our own physical mental health. Mm -hmm. 
and I hope our listeners are hearing because the the concept that I you know pulled out right away was the fact that that still relates to the idea of business. If if everybody on the team isn't seeing you know the same idea or the same concepts or the same core values of the the company or the group, then it's going to fall apart because not everybody's going to be on the same page. And then you're going to have those issues. So, you know, when we have mental breakdowns and stressful moments and all of those kind of things are going to come into play. A hundred percent. And I actually work with businesses and you see that huge. And when we get to the root cause, it's some of the employees just don't hold those core values, which is fine. That's totally okay. But how can you feel fulfilled or put all your effort into something when, when you, you aren't aligned with it? Right. And if you're not aligning with it, then yeah, the the business is going to break down and that's where changes need to happen. How does that concept of a better understanding know our own internal communication we have with ourselves aid in the efforts to have better external communication? Yeah, that's a great question. So I always look at it in this way. If you are able to actually listen to yourself and know what's truly going on or have a good idea of yourself, you're able to articulate yourself very well, right? But you can't have a better awareness of what's going on in the outside world if you can't even see what's inside. So what I mean by that is a lot of the times I will ask my patients of just like, okay, what are you feeling right now? So many times I get, I don't know. If they don't even know how they're feeling, how can we empathize or understand what the person in front of us externally in a business what our coworkers going through, what our boss is asking of us, what maybe you're a team manager and you need to be, you know, sympathetic towards some of the, the people under you. If you can't even understand yourself, how, what makes you think that you can understand them, right? Or be able to relate to them. I mean, now we're at a point in time where in business and in anything, people love human connection. But if you can't connect with them and communicate to them in a way that shows connection, it doesn't go very well for a lot of businesses as we see, right? That's why Google, Apple, Mindvalley, all these companies do very well is because it's a more collaborative approach, right? And so internal communication we have with ourselves, it's not only, like I said, how are we feeling, but how do you even communicate with yourself? A lot of the times it will translate into how we communicate with others as well, right? Whether we're short with ourselves, we'll be short with other people. Kind of like how we were saying before, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And as cliche as it sounds, it's almost like that, that little saying where it's like, how can you love others if you don't love yourself? But this comes down to how can we understand others if we can't even understand ourselves? And how exactly, I mean, I know, I know when I first sent you the questions, I said one, but I'm thinking now that we're looking at such these, you know, four different concepts of physical, mental, emotional, all of these aspects, how does one really get started? to be able to better understand how they can hone into those concepts and be able to really figure out where it is that they're at to be able to live towards a better, more holistic health lifestyle? That's a, that's a great question. And I find it is multifaceted, of course. So yeah, one, one wouldn't really work, but I mean, if that's where someone's only capable of starting right now, because life does get hectic, things like that, then for example, a big one for my clients, I'm huge on, on diet because that, that will translate into how much energy or cells, everything like that will do. So for example, for food, easiest way to do it is you eat a meal, you look at what you had. How do you feel right after you eat it? How do you feel two hours after you eat it, right? Do you feel lethargic? Do you feel tired? Do you feel like your stomach really hurts, right? Just simple reflections of that can tell you, oh, my body doesn't love when I eat chicken with sweet potato. 
my body doesn't love broccoli or anything like that, right? But when you get start to get those cues, it's kind of an empowering thing. And then we can start looking at the mental, right? We can ask ourselves, I always get my clients to be like, how often do you talk negatively to yourselves? And my favorite is they say never. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then we'll be in a conversation. They're like, oh, I suck at that. And I'm like, negative one thing one, right? Mm-hmm. And I can start listening. And they're at 20 by the time three sentences goes, <laughs> goes on. And so it's slowly bringing that awareness. So I always say, you know, it usually happens when we're stressed out. I always say, write down all the negative things then. Look at how many negative things that just came out of your, out of your head or out of your thoughts, right? And then we shift them because we can't change something if we're unaware of it, right? So that's where we get the, that little awareness. I mean, the other thing of becoming more in tune with our bodies is like, where are we at now? So then if you look at the physical side, how often do you exercise, right? Do you, or go for a walk even, it doesn't have to be like weight training. I'm all about do what makes you happy and what makes you feel good. Right. So, I mean, if going to lift weights at the gym, you're not feeling too happy about that. Maybe not the best thing, but maybe snowboarding makes you happy. Okay. So when you don't snowboard, how do you feel? When you snowboard, how do you feel? So then when you start to compound those, those little victories, I call them, right. Because you get this momentum of feeling good and wanting to do better and better and better. That's when change starts to, starts to facilitate, right. And emotion, I mean, emotions and mental, I find kind of go hand in hand, but it would be, what is the constant theme that keeps coming up? Right. Is it that emotional state of sadness? Is it irritation? Is it anger? There's usually a couple, one or two that really underline for people. So if you were to look at it, even give yourself two weeks, what is the constant emotion that continuously comes up and really reflect on that. And then you're able to kind of transform and be like, okay, so now say it is anger. We can kind of start to look at it and be like, okay, where does this anger stem from? Now let's look, look at the situations where that anger really got stimulated, right? And then you'll start to see correlations all through that really it might not be the actual person that caused it, but instead the internal struggle of past events, right? I kind of like to say, famous saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's never the actual straw. It's the underlying load, right? So Mm -hmm. we kind of want to strip it back to try and get to that first load that was ever placed on that camel's back to see, okay, what is really triggering these things? And when you do that, that's where you start really becoming in tune with yourself and others that your communication becomes extremely effective for business. Um, I work with a lot of business owners actually, and they find that their profits start to skyrocket, right? Their sales because their team starts working better all because they're not projecting their internal feelings onto everyone else. I like that idea. And I know I, I do the best I can to try and be like that. I know that's something I always work towards having worked with uh, different teams and having worked with different individuals and having training when I was in college and understanding empathy and all of these kind of communication aspects, I know that that's something I always work towards. And I try and instill that in other people. You know, my wife, she's going through pregnancy right now and it's it's challenging yeah. to, to obviously do that and trying to have those conversations. But it's the same idea. It's the fact, you know, I understand how you're feeling and I, I respect the feeling that you're going through, but remember that why you're feeling the way you're feeling, right? Is that because you're actually angry or upset or is it something else that's that's causing that. And then I also like the way the concepts you said, and and I think of them as something that can always change, right? It changes not only based on the individual, but it changes within that individual constantly, right? There's never always going to be the same problems or the same issues. So being aware of the fact that things are going to change and getting, getting used to doing this all the time is what's going to help. Yeah. And it might seem like what I'm saying is so much effort (laughs) and it will seem like that. It's like, 
let's be real. If you have to change a diet for someone, that almost seems like a foreign language to them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same with mental and emotional. Because again, these aren't things that were really taught, things like that. I remember I brought this concept back. I was young and everyone's like, get out of here. Who are you? (laughs) Like, what do you know? You're young sort of thing, right? But you see how phenomenal this is. And like you said, you can relate with your with your wife who's pregnant right now. Congratulations, by the way. But thank you. You know, it's it's crazy because it's like, okay, if you can deconstruct that, she's able to, because you have empathy, be able to deconstruct that too. So it's actually really beneficial for both parties to watch that unfold. And you're right, it's not easy, but as it starts to become, it becomes a little habit, right? And as we mm-hmm. know, I mean, based off studies, I mean some say 21 days, 30 days, whatever it might be, to you know, get that habit kind of drilled in, as soon as you start doing it, it will become second nature, right? As soon as you have an internal response of like, oh, I'm mad, (laughs) right? Or like, a person just really pissed me off. Then you're kind of like, whoa, what's that about, right? And you'll just deconstruct it really quickly. So you're not, again, turning to the next person and biting their head off. Instead, you're able to, okay, sideline that, maybe we'll look at that a little later, and then proceed to the next problem or situation with ease and openness again so it's like for you you won't take it out on your wife right you'd go okay that's something else then you can come home and be completely you in that present moment yeah and i think it's important to remember that like you said you know it's it's going to take time there's going to be challenges facing it you know where we are creatures of habit and it's going to take a lot of practice to get into that state but i think having just a baseline idea of things to get started and where to look for those those situations those sort of key moments those factors that kind of come into play and being able to make small adjustments you know like you said you know diet is a big one i know i'm a type 1 diabetic and i have a hard time with diets and things like that and so i know that you know if i can if i can just change one thing you know if i can okay let's do a better breakfast okay now let's do a better lunch okay now let's do a better dinner like it, it's it's a slow process, but then, you know, you're going to fall off the wagon and you've got to get back on again. Okay. Now we've got to start back at the beginning. Let's get a better breakfast, get a better lunch. Get, it's going to be this cycle of constant change. A hundred percent. And what I love about that, what you said, it's like the snowball effect. It reminds me of, right. Mm-hmm. Start rolling it. It's pretty small, right. But then it starts compounding and then it gets bigger and bigger. And the great thing is, is like you said, okay, better breakfast. You just add in, how good did I feel when I ate that breakfast? Right. And if you can associate that positive feeling with that healthy breakfast, you're going to be far more likely to do that. Right. Whereas most people are like, oh, I have to eat a healthy breakfast. No. Start looking at what did you gain from that? Right. Because as soon as you mentally make the neurological pathway of this meal caused me to feel this way, you're either going to be far more inclined to do it or less inclined to do it because maybe it made you feel like crap. So then when you do enjoy yourself, say you fall off the wagon or however you want to look at it, you're much more likely to go back to it as well. I know I didn't ask this before, but I've, as I've been talking to you, I'd like to just hear more detail. What sort of tools do you use when it comes to your practice? In regards to like with my patients or yeah, I, I guess that's the best way to look at it is sort of what kind of things do you use, whether it's the tools that you use or the the concepts that you bring up within the conversations and things like that, that, that you find really work. Yeah. So instantly what I do, especially for emotional work, because I would say a lot of the reason I bring this up is a lot of mental and emotional will lead to physical, right? Because our body is constantly communicating with us. It's just, are we willing to listen? Um, another mm. thing Paul Check calls is the pain teacher. So whenever there you are presented with pain, it is to teach you something, right? And so I have a lot of clients, for example, where, you know, I'm working on their low back and th- there's nothing wrong here, 
like structurally, there is no issue. Muscularly, there is nothing where I'm like, to just a biomechanical eye, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Like you're, you're fine. What are you talking about? But that's when I look at, okay, then I start asking them about their lifestyle, right? So I will get into what's the stress level? What are things like this? I bring in traditional Chinese medicine approaches, right? So more Eastern medical approaches where we look at everything has a consciousness, right? So your spine, for example, back is all about support and the foundation. So when someone comes to me with a low back, I instantly ask, hey, where are you not feeling supported right now? Or things like that. And, you know, usually it's a, a sub touchy subject for some people. So it's obviously emotional. So then what we want to do is people love to bask in that negativity, right? In that, mm-hmm. in that sorrow, we're really good at playing victim. It's just, it's just what we do. And so yep. what I'll do is say, for example, you're going through, like I said, they're feeling lack of support, which makes them feel insecure. I'll be like that insecurity that you're feeling. If it was a color, what color would it be? And I get them to picture a color. And I, I tell them no wrong answer. So maybe it's yellow. And I'll be like, okay, if it was the size of a ball, what size ball would it be? And they'll tell me the size of the ball. Maybe it's a basketball, for example. So instantly what I've done is instead of it being subjective where they're feeling in, I've now objectified it. They've now taken that emotion and looked at it. Because as humans, we've never actually looked at our mental and emotional state. We just feel it. And then we're just told to to deal with it or we'll just stuff it down. And by instantly doing that, they detach from it. And they become present and they just observe it. And usually the ball disappears after a certain amount of time. And what's interesting is then when you go back to the body, the pain is gone because they are not holding on to it anymore. So a lot of the tools I use is to kind of get them out of the victim mode or being subjective where they feel, not to say feeling is bad. I'm 100%. Yes, know what you're feeling, feel into that. That's part of the internal communication. But as soon as you're stuck in that feeling and you're not willing to actually let it go or to objectify and work through it, that is where the issues arise. So I'll use a lot of tools like that to get the emotional mental state out to help with the physical and get them back in their body so they are more aware, right? Because sometimes, like I said, we're just so stuck in that negative, that negative state that we don't want to, we don't want to feel anything. We don't want to go, we don't want to look at anything else. But by doing that, we're causing further harm to the rest of our life. I just, I always get sucked into these conversations, I find, because I'm always finding I'm learning something more. And, and you know, it might look like I'm zoning out, but I'm, I'm listening. It's just, it's, I, I get lost in the conversation because I do find a lot of uh, any of the conversations I've been having are really interesting. You know, this is a different approach to kind of the way that we've been doing some of the other episodes talking about communication because it's all, you know, business based and how do we, how do we generate communication? How do we co- talk to more people? All these other things. Whereas this is more, okay, how do we really look at ourselves? How do we actually communicate with our bodies and with our minds to make sure that we're doing the best that we can? At first, I was a little bit leery on trying to figure out, okay, how do we, how do we make it work? But it's, it's really been a great conversation. And I, I appreciate the fact that you've been able to bring these ideas to the table for us. Oh, well, I'm so glad you guys are looking at it. Because like I said, it's you see, especially in Europe, like when I traveled to Italy, um, the doctors there, this is, this is huge how they treat any medical patient. So every medical doctor that I've worked with in Italy, they are all acupuncturists. They are all working in psychosomatic. So what I mean is like mental, emotional, how that presents in the physical. They're all manual osteopaths as well. Like they, they bring in a wide array because they realize like everyone's different. And how can you treat each person the same when we're not the same? Right? Sure. We might have very similarities. Like you can take another, another person, you're, your age, your size, everything like that, give them the same workout routine or same, even actually let's go for a boss. Boss talks to you the exact same way. 
one will excel and one will be like, I feel so, so drawn down, right? Like they just don't Mm -hmm. feel motivated. And it's just understanding personality states and things like that. And you said it best is how can you really in business, you really see how much internal communication can affect the external because all mm-hmm. the other episodes have been great. I've listened to them as well, right? And they're, they're great advice. Now imagine taking this and implementing those. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that's, that's a really good note to make is the fact that you know there is a connection with all of the things we've talked about before that leads us into what we're talking about now. And I think as we're, you know, as we're going along, you know, we've, we've done what, seven episodes now where we're still, we're still going forward with more episodes. You know, I've got, you know, four or five lined up still to come. It's just a matter of putting all the processes together. And as people continue to listen, I hope that they, they actually take in the information that they're, that they're hearing and actually applying it. Cause I think this is a great opportunity to, to apply something a little bit different to the way you run your business, the way that you run yourself, the way that you run your team, all of those things come into play with everything we've talked about today. Yeah, for sure. And I think they'll notice some some great differences, not only with themselves, but like I said, teamwork, Um, just because Mm -hmm. I have seen it because I work with, you know, entrepreneurs or people that run teams, things like that. And it's it's really phenomenal to see the changes that occur not only in them, but but their teams as well. Awesome. Now, before we finish out today, I do have three questions for you that are surprise questions, if you're willing to answer them. Let's go for it, right? (laughs) All right. So what is something you do or use to ensure that you are always striving to work productively? All right. I am a pen and paper girl. So I, every year I will buy a day timer and it is, it is listed out with times. And so I write down literally walking my dogs. I literally write down my gym time. I, I write that all down. If I have to run to the DMV for something like in between on, on lunch, I will write that down. One, I, I am the person that has high satisfaction of crossing something off. So I know that's a little motivational tip for me. I can't mm-hmm. use phone reminders. I can't use that. I find it's just too much stimulus. I need the writing down aspect. So that keeps me on top of it. And then I, I relook at my goals every every two months. That's a good way to process it. Yeah, to make sure. Because I, I also, again, this is me using my own internal communication. If I look too wide ahead, as much as I'm a big picture thinker, I, mm-hmm. I become unmotivated. So I need to set my goals in smaller increments in order to stay on top of them. More of a, instead of a, you know, a shotgun blast, it's more of a targeted yeah. individual shot. Yeah. So I'll get like the big thing and then I'll individualize shot mm-hmm. it out um, throughout the year. And then that allows me to keep, keep on top of things. Perfect. What is one habit that has transformed your life? That would be my exercise. Just I was an elite soccer player growing up and it's been always something a part of me that now actually two things I would say reading right first thing in the morning of something I want to read and just relaxing and then I go right into my workout and it is some form of movement even if it's an active recovery day but what it does is because it just fuels my soul so much that it allows me to be able to become more present and it is completely my time so I wake up before anyone else in the household I'm up at five not saying that you have to be the 5 a.m club you got to find what works for you. That to me is just my ideal time. And I'm most productive and, and thought provoking then that it just allows me to really ground myself and that habit perpetuates me for the rest of the day. Yeah, I definitely know I'm not part of the 5am club. <laughs> I don't blame you. It, it nope. I wasn't always and I'm sure, hey, I might not always be but that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> my problem is that I, I'm up until 12 or 1am. And then I'm still up at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning. 
I know I need to be up early, but I don't go to bed earlier either. Yeah. And you know what? That's where I am. I'm like grandma tea, 9 p.m. <laughs> curled up practically. <laughs> I probably should start doing that, but I just can't find myself doing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> You're just prepping for the kid on the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know I'm not going to be able to sleep. So why bother now? Exactly. Finally, if you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? Ooh, in order to understand awesome, you need to understand yourself. I like that. I like the way you tied that into the book. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's a good little touch. Yeah, I think it would be, it would, now my head's going, but yeah, just because you can't define awesomeness until you can define yourself. And that's again, where those mm -hmm. core values come in because everyone's definition of awesome is going to be different. And that's why you can't know awesomeness unless you know yourself. I like that. And I think that's a really good note to end on, right? We talk about the idea of figuring out who you are internally and how how you relate to the people around you and understanding, you know, that it's not just a physical health or a mental health. It's all of these concepts put together, realizing that there's there's going to be change and it's going to snowball and then you're going to fall off and come back on again and continuing to work at it. And the more you understand you, the more awesome you're going to become. I appreciate you joining me today. Yes, thank you so much, Jenna. I had a blast. Is there a way that anybody, if they're interested in learning more about you or more about the work you do, how can they uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, my website is www.totalitytherapies.com. And then if you want to send me an email, um, of course, it's on that website, but you can also do it. So it's Brittany. So that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at totalitytherapies.com. Awesome. Again, anybody interested, reach out cool concepts and understanding who you are both mentally and physically and being able to live a better, more holistic lifestyle. Thank you again, Brittany. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.